Welcome to the System Hub Podcast. Hola. Konnichiwa. Guten Tag. Where we interview world-class experts. You have to have a lot of passion for what you're doing. I was fanatical in my 20s. If you could find a way to produce a business that works without you, your life would change like that. Extracting, organizing, and optimizing their best systems and processes for rapid business growth. Now, let's get into the show. Welcome back to the Business Systems Summit. I'm your host, David Jennings, and in this session, we're going to be chatting with David Dugan. Now, I've had the good fortune to get to know Dave over recent times. A few mutual friends said, you really need to connect with Dave. And it's happened over a few years, really, and I'm glad that we've finally made it happen. He's the best-selling author of the book, Bulletproof Business. He's a KPI mentor, which the KPI is actually a, a division of one of our key sponsors for the event. So Dent is sponsoring the event and KPI is a division of that. He studied as a dentist, was a commander in the Australian Defence Force for 18 years, uh, changed careers, moved into financial planning. He studied business and human synergistics. He's done countless self-development courses I just got an update from him. He mentioned they're a finalist for the Telstra Business of the Year Awards, not to mention he loves to surf as well. So he's extremely well-rounded. And I've, one thing I've found, the more that I've started to work with people, particularly in, on systems and business processes, is if they've got a past to do with either the military or financial backgrounds, they just tend to love systems. And he's got a background in both. So as we started to, to chat the first time a few weeks back, I was seeing the way that he puts his ideas together and really makes them into easy to follow systems. I think the real challenge we had today was to try and decide which system we were going to get him to share as part of the summit. So it's with great pleasure that I get to welcome Dave to the summit. Hey, good day, Dave. Great to be on the summit and uh, looking forward to seeing all the amazing things that uh, all the, the cool cats that are listening to this are going to be putting into practice because it's such an amazing event that you put together. We're very privileged to, to be part of it. So thank you. Oh, it's good to have you. And I know we're going to get you to share your system. It's the, the money machine system. Who wouldn't want to know how that system works? Just as a way to get started, though, I'd love it if you could just talk us through some of the challenges that you see this particular system solve for business owners, and then you can take us through step-by-step step how it works. Yeah, sure. What I see is that a lot of people are working super duper hard. They're putting a lot of effort in, in their vehicle called their business. And most people don't treat their business like a vehicle. They treat it like it's just something that they do. And the principle I want to take with this is how do you, like a lot of people invest in property. So if you invest in a property, you invest the money, you invest some time, you get a, a capital appreciation, you also get a cash return. How do we treat our business in the same way where it's an asset, a true asset that gives you a great return. And what I see happens is uh, three major things happen. Most people are on, are in the Melbourne Cup and they're in the race called business and they're, they're whipping the thing, they're, they're amazing jockey, they're doing their workouts, they've got down their weight and then they realise that all the horses are passing them because they're on a donkey. In other words, the vehicle they're on is not designed, it's not going to give them the outcome that they want. That's probably the first thing. The other thing is there's a little bit of smoking some wacky weed or they're on hopium. There's a bit of like not putting their rigor behind the business and kind of go, well, that sounds like a good idea. I love doing insert whatever the thing is. And so they end up just going in year after year, month after month without getting the true traction that, that they deserve and desire. And that usually become uh, comes from not looking at these numbers, not looking at some things that will really easily predict where you're going to go and not where you're not anywhere to go, but if the vehicle will get you there. And probably the other third part is a lot of people just don't like looking at numbers. I'm not sure why that's the case, but they kind of go, they get fearful of numbers. Now, we're going to go through some numbers today, really very simple numbers, but they make a massive difference. The challenge with uh, that is if, if, you, if you're on a donkey, if you're uh, smoking hopium, and if you're burying your head in the sand, you don't want to look at the, if you don't want to look at the, the numbers, what ends up happening is that I see a lot of people working way too hard and they, you know, if it goes at the end of the year, they just fall across the line at Christmas. They just kind of like, and then they're tired and bug and then they kind of pump the tires up again and they go for the next year. And then they do that for three and a half to four and a half years and then they, they have an affair. Mm. on their business and go and start another bright, shiny object activity rather than staying the course as long as they had got the thing really uh, worked out. So that's probably the big principle. 
that you can work this sucker out if you just put a little bit of rigor behind it at the very beginning. That's funny. You mentioned about that idea of going, starting another business as well, and they take the same problems. They take themselves <gasps> to the next business owner because they That's haven't exactly solved it. For some reason they think, oh, the grass will be greener over here. But I think the real key when it comes to mastering business is focusing on your own patch of grass, getting really good at that and fine-tuning that business. And then you actually find once you do that and a few of the key distinctions Dave's going to give you, then if at some point you do build the business so it doesn't work without you and you might start another business or maybe you sell that business, then you you get to take all of that good stuff to the new business and you re-engineer it in a very different way and you you build out the Lamborghini rather than you, you know, trying to drive the the VW Beetle or something like that. I'm just, I'm just trying to run with a metaphor there. So, but I'll, I'll I'll let you take us through this process. But I see it all too often. Great. Well, happily, I'll do that. And we're going to go with a little playbook that we put together for everyone, just to help them take take you through the the pattern we're going to go through. Here's the upside by doing it, though. You can be you know, that whole Melbourne Cup analogy, you can be on a thoroughbred and a lot of people can swap out their donkey for a thoroughbred without having to start a whole new business. Uh, the other part that comes from doing this well is that you get a real certainty and confidence. And with certainty and confidence comes consistency. And with consistency, you then get the results going down down the, down the track. And when, they, when people know what the basic numbers are, they realise actually it's not that hard. I just need to this data and here's here's the here's the few things I need to know and it's that whole principle David around working hard versus working smart this is working smart so that you get a lot uh, so that's probably the big principle that I, that I want to put out to everyone that that way getting this right might mean a bit of a hard look at yourself once you do this I'll make a massive difference so what I thought we'd do is I'll just share my screen Yep. But, uh, so that everyone in the, the team can see what we are doing. So I'll just pull this up. And we've got a, a playbook for you to follow through. It looks like this. I'm going to use, so this is the PDF version. I'm going to use a uh, my iPad here because I like to draw and talk at the same time. So just let me know how we're going with this, uh, David, and this yeah, makes sense. But very clear. Uh, we're going to give everyone a copy of this. This is uh, part of our gold. Gold dust that we do for men that uh, that we work with, and we we specialise in working with small and medium sized business owners around the world. And this is one of the, the key tools. Now, before we get into some of the numbers, is we need to create a system for success for for everyone. And what I have seen, and we work with over seventeen hundred businesses in a one on one relate, like in a tight, intimate relationship. And so we see that yes, we can jump into the end, uh, like the machinations, which we will do. The challenge is that most people don't sit down and truly, in fact, I'm yet to find one business owner who can give me the answers to these questions. So we're going to ask this ask this question first, what they wanted to. So this could be a little bit revealing. So there are three things that we're going to be having a look at now, and there are other things you can measure. And, and as far as building a system behind it, what I know as being super-duper important is that if there are three things you've got to get right in a business, it's three, these three things. You've got to be really, really clear on what you want out of the business from an income perspective. And at the end of the day, even if you're a charity, you still need to know what this is. But a lot of people have a business that's really a hobby business. It's not, it's just, they think it's more than that, but it's truly not because they haven't actually gone through and looked at the optics of this. So we want to know what is it that you want to make personal wealth and your net profit out of business as well as the revenue. We also want to know, well, how are you going as far as looking at your time? So this is the other big thing that we want to make sure is getting tracked. And there's three areas of time, in the business, on the business, and out of the business. And then the third part, which I believe, uh, especially going forward, that entrepreneurs are super duper uh, critical for, is how to make a bigger impact. An impact on the community, uh, the impact for you personally and the impact to your clients and team. Thinking that you're going to do this journey for the next four or five or 14 or 15 or 40 years, let's make it so you're going to enjoy the ride and the product or service that you're putting together. I'm a massive believer that entrepreneurs and business owners are the backbone of every community and every culture around the world. And the better we, as our organisation called Abundance Global, the better we can support business owners, the better they can be, the better and the more impact that they can make going forward. So these are the three criteria 
that we want to make sure of. We call this a Joy Builder Roadmap. Now, what I'd, what I'd like to ask, and maybe if everyone's watching this, you can do this now, is right now, think of the next 12 months. And if you look underneath in these underneath these, in these categories, there's little dotted lines here, is rather than this just being just a nice theory exercise, I'm very big on implementation. So let's do something right now. And I'd like you to, uh, as you're listening to this, is to focus on the next 12 months. So take 12 months from now, go forward and go, what do I want the revenue of my business to be in this next year? Now, you can also add profit in there as well. Now, let's just say you're a, a small business and you want to start to, to, to build up. And I'm going to hypothetically say, and let's just say that that is our goal. A lot of people, when I do this, what I normally would say, well, better if you actually go for a monthly amount. So let's say our target is 84K a month. Now, any of the mathematicians will know that you'll need to hit 84K before the end of the year to make a million dollars. But let's say you're, you're tracking this monthly. So really, we just want to look at that right off from the very beginning. So just focusing on that right now, the next thing that comes underneath it, well, if we're going to deliver a million dollar uh, revenue, how the hell do we do that? What's the core product that we're selling? How many of those we need to sell? So just really simple. I mean, what I'm going through here sounds simple, and yet I know to this very day that out of well and truly, uh, we've had 1,700 people that I have worked with or our team have worked with, uh, and it's been into the thousands and smaller groups uh, outside that. What I know is I'm yet to find one person that can very specifically go through and map all these out. So I know it sounds simple, and yet the simple things done well will lead to remarkable results. Simple things not done well, you don't get the results. So if you use an example here, and as people are going through this, if they say it's a million dollars, is when you look at this core product, let's say the core product, just a really simple thing, is we sell a product for $10,000. So we therefore now know that we need to sell 100 of these things and that's going to give us a million dollars. That we kind of work out, well, if we're going to achieve that result, we need to have this many products done. If we're going to have that many products done, we need to have a certain number of leads that convert into becoming clients. So we need 100 clients, and let's say our conversion rate is 50%, and we need to be getting in front of 200 people. The question then is, how do we get in front of 200 people? Now, that's not the topic for, for what I'm going through today. It's just making sure people understand this. Your rest of the, the conference will help with people with different systems around that. But it's simple understanding these numbers will help you to, to fast track your results. And therefore, when you think about that, for us to do, oops, go back, for us to do 200 leads, we need to have a certain number of team members to help us to do that. We need to have a certain number of people that are helping us with sales and a certain number of people that are therefore helping us with the delivery of those sales. And that's really coming down into here around, you know, their team and culture. So what we're doing here is going, well, for that revenue, what does the rest of the business look like? And we reverse engineer that sucker. So... Really, the, the, and I'll move on to the answer that real nitty-gritty because what we're going to be focusing on now is this section here, is that unfortunately a lot of people have a vehicle that is not going to get them the result that they're looking for. It actually ends time and heap of effort and it was never going to do it anyway and they're smoking the, the hopium weed hoping that they're, that they're going to get there. So really what the principle here, and this is what I've got here, start with the end in mind and then reverse engineer your business assets to help you to achieve it. And effectively, that's what we've done here. Now, today, we're going to focus on the product side. I want to pass it to you, David, though. Any questions on that? Yeah, we look, it was quite clear. One thing I think that in itself is like a little micro planning system that makes perfect sense. I could imagine someone doing that on a yearly basis to plan out what the next year looks like. I could also imagine someone doing it to help them set their five yearly plan. So maybe you start with something a little bit further out and then you can kind of backtrack to the moment and go, okay, well, what does next year look like? So I, I like these frameworks that are applicable to multiple different scenarios. That's usually a sign of a strong framework and system. Cool. So you, you, this is not the topic for today, but this is definitely dangerous. And, and if I go offline here, it's because I've done something that was silly. I'm moving my computer and yes, you guys can see this thing here and some of these, these up here. That is exactly what you just said is the, the tool we have to map. Actually, the way we have it is 10 years, yes. three year, two year, one year, and then down to a four-month sprint. 
Uh, we don't have time to get in understanding why we do four-month sprints, but there's over it, not quarterly, but they're four-month sprints. So exactly what you said there is using that framework to chunk it from something that's big and ethereal, 10 years, right through to a 20-minute increment. And uh, that's a, 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 some people are great at the big picture, some are great at the detail. There's very few people mm -hmm. that, that can do both. So we have that system that helps to do that. And this is one of those key systems for sure. Yeah. I think one thing, and, and I can already start to see um, part of your strength is um, the idea of being able to see things almost like a, a visionary, but also as an integrator as well. The the big picture thinking of what the 10 years is, but then the ability to break it down into what the actionable steps are for the follow through. It's actually quite rare to see someone with strong in both. I think probably a lot of that probably also comes from your military background because you always, you know, you'll do a job and then afterwards you kind of pull it apart, what worked, what didn't, and plus there's all the planning of the job as well. So, yeah, I'm loving this uh, this work you've got here. So, so that, that is true. Interestingly enough, though, the military definitely, definitely has been a big part of that and a lot of these principles of applying to business. The one thing that most people miss, they think the military is a certain place and, and it's not as military as what most people think is probably the easy way I can say it. Where I've learned a lot of these things from was actually being a dentist. A dentist is far more rigorous and far more detailed and far more linear as far as the different steps than the military is. The military does have the strategy right, though. So just throw that it's dentist thinking that has really been a big driver for this sucker as well. And I can imagine because health-related, anything health-related, you have to be very particular. And you, you don't, you can't afford to make mistakes. You've got to get it right, and you've got to get it right uh, first time. You know, you don't get a second chance at fixing your tooth. You know, you've already got one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so this here is what we call this, is when you nail this these, this area here, as I've done this this circle here, is this here is, is what we firmly believe that every single business owner should wake up every day and have a joy in their business. And that is they're making the money that they deserve. They're having the time in the areas that give them joy. In other words, they're not doing the dumb functional stuff. They're doing the stuff that's real entrepreneur building. And the third thing is they're making impact to themselves, making impact to the economic community, and they're making an impact to the wider community. You know, so that their grandkids on their lap or great-grandkids, they'd be happy to say, you know, what did you do, great-grandmother or great-grandfather? Well, I did this. This is the, the legacy that I left. So this year is, is central to everything that we do, and one of the pieces that people miss is this one around product. So I'm conscious of time, and I want to get into it, and I, I want to make yeah. sure this is not ethereal, but ethereal, that it's really practical. So what I want would like the, uh, the team that are, as you're listening to this, is to do this exercise so that you can really... See if you're on a donkey or whether you're on a thoroughbred. Full, putting this out, my, I don't know what you call it, insurance policy on this, is this may be a little bit confronting. Uh, this may make you feel a little bit uncomfortable and I'm better that you know this now than in a year's time or two years' time. So what we're going to do is you can choose a, choose a time period. Now, if you don't know what your last 12 months revenue is, if you, if you question mark that, for whatever reason, like your business is scaling up very quickly, so you, 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 your last 12 months is not indicative of this 12 months. If that's the case, then all you need to do is just look at your last quarter and analyse it. So right now, what I want, to, want everyone to do is to go on in this little box here and then put what is your last 12 months revenue, and it might be the last quarter times by four. Um, but let's put that number in here and let's do an example. Let's just say it's $360,000. $360, is the is the revenue for this business that was what the revenue that came out then we want to go and look at out of that revenue so what everyone's doing is please do this now so don't just go oh, i'll do this later because you won't do it later do it now jump on the on your zero or whatever file it is or have a good idea what that what it is this is the revenue that's coming in then let's look at the net profit and uh, if you're running off the rule of thirds that we know that that depending on depending on the, the type of business that we should be pulling at least at least 120k in earnings before interest tax depreciation and amortization. Depending on if you're working in the business, uh, whether you're paying some wages or whatever, at the very minimum, the profit should come out of this business. A minimum is 120k. Now let's just say now we've got your know, revenue, we've got your profit. But now we want to look at is what's the total number of hours that you worked in the last 12 months, you and your team. So we're looking at the total 
of the team hours of work. Now, how do you work that out? Well, I've given you a little bit of a, a cheat sheet here for a full-time person is 1,687 hours or 37 and a half hours by 45 weeks. So that gives you that gives you the number of hours. So what we're looking for here, the word that we use is, is often this word here of being a full-time equivalent. So if you look at your team, because I know people are going to ask the question, oh, I've got someone who's working part-time two days a week and someone's working three days a week. If you've got someone two days a week and someone three days a week, that's one full-time equivalent. So, and especially if you're using VAs and they are working full-time, 37 and a half hours a week, that is one full-time equivalent. There's no discount for, you know, VAs or any of that sort of stuff. So let's say in this team here, oh, actually one other little caveat on that. If you are a crazy business owner, crazy entrepreneur, and you are doing 80 hours or what's this, 75-ish hours in this example here, that is equal to two FTE, okay? So just make sure that you're giving full accuracy on this sucker. You're not just making stuff up for one of a reason. Like truly have a look at it of what it would be. Now, let's just say in this team, it's a small team and they're really growing fast. And uh, what's happened is they've got four people and they've just recruited their fourth one because they at that sort of revenue, they probably only need three, but they're, they're scaling up. They've, got, they've, got, they've just brought in their, their fourth. So, so for just for numbers, I'll just use the word, I'll just use they did four full-time equivalent. Then we want to look at it and go, well, that's, that's the whole amount of time, but not everyone in the team is necessarily in the delivery of the product or service. Now, in a team of four, generally speaking, just this is, I know this is a little bit off the, the topic today. If I'm going too much detail, just let me know, Dave, because I'm, I'm totally happy to jump onto this. But in a team of four in a service business, you're usually going to have one person who's looking at the future business that's doing a lot of the, the sales and marketing, often the founder. They might do a bit of doing a little strategy. There's often two people that are in full delivery mode doing whatever they need to be doing around delivery, and there's usually one person in admin and finance supporting. That's a good solid four-person team. So using this example here, what we'd have a look at is if we've got four full-time equivalents, there's four times... 1,687.5. Actually, uh, Dave, you want to do the math on that for me? So I've got that worked out. So four times 1,687.5. And let's just say then we're going to divide that by half. Let's say we've got two that are working on delivery. Let's say these two people that are working on delivery, let's just say that they're actually doing a little bit of admin. And the uh, Double-checking, Dave, was that uh, 1,687? Point five, yeah. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, perfect. So it is my my uh, doctor dentist writing here. What we're going is what was the amount that was in delivery, and what was the amount, the total number of hours. So everyone's listening if they can work their number out. And I've just done here a little bit of a guide here, so we can have a bit of an idea. Someone may ask, well, they're not going to be working one hundred percent of their time in delivery, and I go, that's cool. I understand that they won't be doing that. They should be at least at eighty five percent. However, let's just say the owner is also contributing for ease of numbers that will help us to work it out. So this answer here, what do we've got here? What's 4 times 1687.5? What does that equal as far as total number of hours? Uh, 6,750. Great. And just because we did this by half, then that, that number here, divide that by 2, equals yep. what? 3,375. By the way, David had no idea I was going to ask him these questions. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you for being flexible. All right. So straight away, it gives us an idea of uh, where we are right now in our business. Now, I've got a little website link here called workingdays.com. And if you want to go in there and have a look at that, it'll actually tell you how many working days. If you take your four weeks, six weeks leave, it'll be a little guide for you to work out exactly how many weeks, how many weeks uh, you and your company actually work. So I just want to put that. Now, now we've got these numbers and I'll just, just write it here as well. Now we've got these numbers. Now we want to see, well, how is this vehicle going to help us? Like, is this thing going to really fly? So this is now our third step here. So we want to work out our average hourly rate for our whole team. So in other words, this is way, what we're looking here. It's effectively working out our revenue per employee. So in this example that we just had here, and as the listeners are going through this, we said it's well, we said that it was going to be. 
was the the revenue and the total team hours worked was six seven five zero so can you do the math for me on that one as well david so three hundred sixty thousand divided by six seven five zero is 53.33 recurring Good. Okay, so we know that this company is working off a $53 per hourly rate as far as their total team. Now, what we want to look at is the delivery side. So if you're a law firm, a bookkeeping company, an accountant, coach, consultant, like this applies to anyone in, in, in engineering. So I work with a lot of engineering companies. The same things, things apply. But especially in this delivery mode, delivery, what do we mind delivery? It's the person who's the billable hour person, even if they're not selling their hours. So if it's a lawyer, it's a law firm. If it's an accountant, it's uh, accounting firm, it's an accountant. If it's an engineer, engineering company, and like a physical manufacturing engineering, then it's all the people that are on the shop floor that are helping doing the, the engineering. So let's look at what our average hourly rate for clients is. Let's do our revenue again, which is 360, and delivery hours was 33375. What does that equal, David? 106.6 recurring. Point six should be okay because we knew we, it was half of what we did for the total number of hours. Now, this is the bit where it starts to get a little bit curly. Now, we, we said the profit on this thing was $120,000 profit. So let's look at what our profit per employee is. So we're going to do, and you can do this per delivery if you want, but particularly this number is a great number. What we know is that it's 6750. So if you do 120 divided by 6750, and that should equal 17.7 recurring. Great. So now we've got three golden numbers that we can check in, and straight away there's a tool that we can start to do, which is around capacity planning. We start to work out, okay, well, if that's the case, is it possible for us to achieve the goals that we set out. Like it may not be practically possible. If you go, I want to make a million dollars and you go, right, well, I've got in delivery, let's say delivery people, I've only got two, I've got two people and the maximum amount of time that they've got is 3,375. Then we look at the average at the client delivery, we go, we're just not going to hit the mark. So straight away it's going to tell you how you're performing. Now, this here is one of the big points out of this is what we see happen is a lot of businesses grow, 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 and then they're gone. In fact, we've got a new business, relatively new business that's come to us. It's a very solid eight-figure business. And they would kill to be a solid seven-figure business because their profit is negative every month. And what happened was they didn't do the in the engineering space. Uh, so it's a large company, is that they got they grew, and that this is the difference, this is growth. And you hear a lot of people saying growth. We want to avoid growth and we want to go for scale. And then most people have got no idea the difference between the two of those. You don't know that unless you know the optics. And one of the key optics around scale is for the effort that you put in as you go forward, you get a disproportionate return back. So you're getting a higher return for the energy you're putting out. That is scale rather than growth. So it's just an important point to, to pick up on that. Now, um, I'm going to just go and show some examples. I did this just recently with a group of entrepreneurs, like literally, literally. So you're going to see their numbers, and I, I want to show this point. But before I do that, did you want to ask any questions, David? No, that, that's really clear. I, I mean, I think this is going to be just eye-opening just up until this point for someone, let alone then starting to understand this is something we had the insight with our video production business, which just recently we sold, we started to do some numbers and thinking in terms of departments for the business and found it was one of the least profitable businesses. So we saw a dip in the sales once we sold that business, yet we're starting to see a lot more on the bottom line as a result. And part of it's just the numbers and stacking up. Part of it's also just the energy because that particular business was also drawing me into the business and freeing me up has then made me more effective in growing the other parts of the business that had that scale. So this is key stuff. Bingo. So, I mean, you're extrapolating exactly what this will help you do because it'll actually go. Remember we talked about money, time and impact. So that we're not doing a heap on this. Although this is all related to your effectiveness as a team and how well you run your team and how well you put your focus. Because it is a measure of time, making sure that we're getting the most out of the, the best and biggest bang for buck. 
and sometimes the vehicle is a donkey, not a thoroughbred. So just what I wanted to do is uh, just for full transparency out of this, this is real data here. So I just want to get in here and just show you, we just did this recently and there was a, we had a little uh, tool for people to jump in. I won't do it, I won't go to this little tab down below because it has actual client data in there. But this was really interesting. Now, where you see these incorrect kind of values here, what has happened here is they wrote words in there instead of putting uh, numbers in it. So this is real, real data, just one of our groups that we worked with. And so they had to enter their data in here, as you can see here, their uh, past 12 months revenue, their profit, total TAM, like the exact questions that we just asked. And then on the right-hand side, we did the calculations. Now, you'll see that there's some... I'm not sure why there's a gap in there, but you know, 851 million, 700K, 203 million, 300, 500, 600, 3.9. So we've got some different mixes here. You know, 6 mil, 7 mil, 7 mil. I'm not sure what 82, I think they put the wrong number in there. I think that's a, a monthly amount. So just give you, there's a, a smattering of different people. Now, what I thought was uh, interesting to have a look at here is what we've done is we've just done a little bit of a sorting function here and if you look at average hourly rate for whole team average hourly rate for client delivery and average hourly rate for profit and what we've done here is we've just ranked these and i'm going to particularly look at the average hourly rate for profit now this business here this is real real data is 197 dollars hour for this team now how big is the revenue for this company it's 1.1 million let's go down to one of the big companies or the bigger ones Let's go to this business here, that's seven and a half mil. Seven and a half mil, they're $10 of average hourly rate for profit. The average hourly rate for client jury is 323, it's okay, but they've got a huge team that they're, that's supporting this. The new client, very successful. Anyone in Australia in the industry will know they are the pin-up boys and girls for their team. They've got a team of uh, a bit over 50 and, you know, they've got a smacking awesome team. But this is the difference between growth versus scale. This company up here that's just cracked over seven figures is doing a much, much bigger multiple on that on the back end of it. And you can just see that revenue, I know it's a bit hard to see for a lot of people watching this. I want to be really clear on this that a lot of people are going, yeah, I need to I need to make more revenue and yes, I need to do all this sort of stuff. But if you look at the revenues at 3.9, you know, you don't need to have a massively high revenue business to look at actually bringing some nice profit that's coming off the back end of it. And so what this process and this playbook that we're going through now, what this does is help us to work out where are we right now. Like this this is the, that's the share screen back here. So this is looking at this here and going, okay, well, first off, before we do anything else, let's just see how we're tracking right now. Then by going back and having a look at what our goals are, we'll then actually have a bit of a look at our product and go, you know what? The vehicle ain't going to work. It's that donkey, that little image that I had up earlier. And this is a good guide for us to start on it. So anything else on that, David, because then I want to just jump into the next part, which is uh, helping to go, well, if it's not right, what can we do about it? Yeah. No, I, I mean, it's quite clear. I think the key is really just getting very clear right at the start what the end picture looks like. Now I feel like we're identifying, well, where are we now? And then now it's probably just, What's the action plan as a result from this? Great. And then I think for everyone, one of the first part of the action plan is know that these are three critical numbers that you want to know in your business and you can do that straight off the bat. So that then leads us, actually, I did this a little bit of an interest, just looking at the uh, companies that are the best, the most profitable companies per employee. This is based off this reference here. But if you look at Fannie Mae, which is a financial services uh, business in the, the U.S., their profit, profit, profit per employee is $1.7 million. Yeah, wow. Now, this is what the biggest, you know, let's look at Apple. Apple's number seven. So Apple is sitting at a three hundred, almost $400,000 per employee. Interesting to see that the Australian banks are down here as well. I think Westpac is up there. So Westpac per employee, they're sitting at $155,000 profit per employee. So just interesting to have a bit of a look at that. And I love this quote from Robbins, being able to measure where you are, where your business is, where it's going and being able to see the blind spots could be the difference, you know, that, and that's the, the difference that will make the difference. 
if you don't know it, it's going to be paramount to your success in business. So knowing these numbers are, are critical. I think so, one, one thing with that as well, like um, particularly when we see some of the, the people who are effectively the Olympic athletes in business, just to be mindful and think about where you are right now. I'd like if you can speak a little bit to that because you kind of would see people at all different levels and seeing someone like an apple, is, it might make their, <laughs> their jaw drop. Yeah, totally got it. Probably, I'll take it off stop this. Probably the thing that I would say around that is we held events and we've got a few, you know, over 300 people that come to the events. I had someone come and go, this is an amazing event, this is awesome. You know, I love all the people that are here and all that sort of stuff, it was great. But the thing I said to them is that, and they want to have a similar journey and they want to do something similar. The, thing, the simple thing I said was, okay, that you see us where we are today. You didn't see us five years ago when we did it, like I was going to swear, but when we didn't do it so well, they're crap. You didn't see that there and don't compare yourself of where you are to where we are right now because that is a completely different journey. I can look at Apple or look at you know other companies that are doing amazing things in our space and go, oh, I could have should or whatever. I go, you know what, I just need to run my own race. It's probably the big thing I'd say here is, is for everyone is run your own race. Run your own race. And why those numbers are uh, and the system around the numbers are what's important is what you really want to look at is the trend, is how are you progressing. The progression is more important. I won't say it's more important, but it's equally important as the actual result. A business that's doing fantastically well, you know, and has a great profit, and you have another business that that is doing the exact same profit, but the year before they did double the profit. And so now their profits come less. And if you look at the absolute number, it doesn't give you the right data. It's the trend that helps you. So probably the big thing I'd say around that, is get excited by the potential that it could be a lot more looking at those numbers like the apples and go, great, so therefore what do I need to do to bring me joy in what I want to achieve? I don't need to do $1.7 million, but I do want to do you know, $300 plus as, as a profit. So that's probably the kind of thing you want to have around that. It's good. It, it aligns very closely to what we teach around the systemology side of things. The idea that, you know, McDonald's is the poster child for a systemized business. Everybody looks to them and thinks I need to systemize like McDonald's, but McDonald's has been doing it for the last 60 years. So you really need to think of how do I start systemizing like McDonald's did 60 years ago if I'm just getting started? You don't look at that end product. So I think that distinction is incredibly important. So I'll let you continue. Great. So looking at that, as the people that you're listening to this and going through this exercise, is to go, well, what can I do? What can I do to change it? If it's, if I, even if it's good, how can it be better? And so what I'll do is I'll just take you through some things that go through my mind when I'm uh, mapping this sucker out. So, and actually my team, we all, uh, all did. If you're looking at the numbers and you go, okay, do the numbers work? Let's see what we can do to enhance it. And a lot of times it actually is not a lot. It's really just a handful of things. There are six areas that you can go to help you to enhance your numbers. The first one is looking at this, this principle around the problem you solve for who. Now, are you falling in love with your product or are you falling in love with your client? Most people fall in love with their product and what they're doing. Now, I may insert whatever you are. Do you want to do this thing? Actually forgetting that they're there to solve their client's problems. The next thing is looking at the product, which we've done a little bit around talking about today, and I'll go through more. Next thing is looking at your prices, what we can do, looking at processes. In fact, that's what's, what your business uh, does, David, very much. In fact, your whole business does all of this in a systems uh, sort of format, uh, looking at how you do your promotions and looking at your people. So what I'll do is just go through some key points in each of these so everyone can have an idea. Sometimes what happens is, and I'm going to give some examples that are a little bit controversial, and I'm probably going to get some interesting messages of people that may not like what I'm going to say, but I want to say it because it's what I see happening and I would not be doing my job by sugarcoating it for people. Who's your ideal client and who should be your ideal client? There are some people that are working with a group that is making them enough money but not quite enough, and they end up having a zombie business where it's just surviving giving them enough to think that it's okay but not enough to really thrive. And a lot of times it's just working with the wrong people. A classic example is I have a, I've taught a lot of people who, for example, and I know this is controversial and, I, and I'm, but I'm really yet to see, I've only seen maybe one, maybe two that have done this well and made money, that there are some groups that are just too hard to work with. 
perspective. It's okay for an impact, but a classic example is a lot of people want to help, let's say, in working with mums. Now, working with mums can be great. The only thing is mums usually put themselves last, and especially if it's in a consulting space. I want to help mums be better in this area, and I want to help them to do this, and and that's well and good. The thing is they put themselves last, and they usually don't have a lot of money to do it, and they'll put it everywhere else except for on themselves. I've just seen, particularly recently, I've just seen a heap of people putting effort and time into it, and they're going, it's not working. And I'm going, well, it's the client you're working with, even though you want to help them, use that as a part of what you might do as your impact. Like create something else that makes money that then allows you to then go and give your stuff away at a no price if you need to. So this can be around your ideal client. It's like who is the best person for you to be really looking at? Does it deliver an outcome? Like we have one of our offerings, which is the main one people start with us. For businesses that are usually doing 40K and above, so $40,000 a month, and our promise is that they're going to be making a $500,000 in profit in their back pocket per owner of the business. And they'll do that within three years. So like we're very consistent around that. So this is is, is the product targeted to that audience. So we've got a very specific product that we know delivers an amazing result for those clients. Um, have you fallen in love with your product rather than the client? Does your ideal client um, really have a need? Sometimes people are trying to sell stuff that they know that the person wants rather than what the client really wants. So they're making sure they're solving the right problem. Do you need to change your client or do you need to change who you're looking at? That's really the, the and, and are you identifying the right problems? So that's kind of the first one. The next one here around product is just has the market moved? I mean, have the taxi industry really looked at what was happening with Uber or you know, the hotel industry, the Airbnb? You know, we've got clients that work in the hotel industry and this last month, the occupancy rates for the large hotel chains is between 20 and 40% occupancy rate. It's ridiculously low. Now, had they been more innovative, they might have stayed up uh, up with the, the trends and moving on. What could you provide less of or more of that could be better for the outcome but less of your time? How can you leverage your time on that? And that gets into what's the highest, best use of your time. Another thing could be is just looking here, and there's lots of different things here, but how can you leverage? What's the thing that's the functional stuff that you could have someone else do that you can do the high-valued heart surgeon work? Can the product be packaged together in larger units? Instead of like a good example is one of the companies we work with, they work in, they create their own, I'm trying to give away the name, fine produce in oils and bottles. Just I can say that way. like, And they were selling individual units and so rather than doing that, we said, let's package it together. And rather than selling one item at a time, you're now selling a box. And rather than selling it to the mum and dad at the local fairs, you're actually going to go to the stockist and you're going to start selling it and you sell boxes of it. So it was really just packaging it differently. That was a, a real example just, just recently. But have a look at the product offering. What can you take in and take out? Uh, one of the big ones I do go through is making sure that you can put in a recurring profit model in your business, and most businesses can do that, and there's a little bit of skill. They're probably the two big ones that we're gonna. That I would say most people need to focus on, and then we need to look at, well, what else can you do around your prices? With these so, ones as well, Dave, because I think um, it's good. Everybody will have access to the, the sheet just here. So the, the action item from here, so at this step number three is now that you kind of start to know your numbers and where you are, then using each one of these as almost like levers to then start to play with the result to see, hey, with my current makeup by tweaking these, can I get closer to where I need to be or am I still, you know, way off the reservation here and, and am I, I've got these dreams and, and hopes that, that aren't really achievable? You bang on. Thank you for, for bringing that through and that's exactly, exactly what we're going to do. Then we look at our process as part of that there. We lift them. Our processes, you know, what can be processed a lot better, systemized, automated, identifying the bottlenecks and the constraints. Anyone knows the theory of constraints, so how do you unblock the theory of constraints and go through there? The question I often ask in that is if tomorrow you had 10 times the leads coming in and you had 10 times the work of fulfillment, what would you have to do? What would break first and what would you need to change to, to tweak it? That's around processes. And then looking at people, how can you leverage more through your people? How do you turn your time into team? That's not for today. How do you lead your team? 
And can it be more profitable if you involve other people in some shape or form? And then the next part here is around promotions. Is when you look at the offering, can the vehicle give what you want? This is often an area that people miss for them to get the results they want. Looking at tweaking their message, is it right for their market? Are they getting the right conversion on the back end of it? Have they got, well, I might say that because it's a whole training we have around there are four specific sales models everyone should have. But this, by the way, this training we did this for clients. So this is why there's a little bit of insider info here. You know, are you measuring your conversion rates? Yes, I can do the delivery, but I can't do the sales part of it. You know, our current whole team workout, our hourly rate for revenue is, you know, it's it's not high enough. Well, is that because we, we're not getting our sales right? We can be more efficient with our sales so that we don't have to go get more salespeople. With the same salespeople, we can get a better outcome. So this is where this is getting in. Are we measuring our conversion rate and our trends? And then, you know, asking uh, who has a client before and after you. This is another example of how you might get sort of cheaper leads. This here is holistic, gives you an overview of not all, but at least all the core things that we can look at to look at the donkey and how do we make it into the best thoroughbred we possibly can. Anything else you want to go through on that, Dave, and then we'll wrap up with a really simple principle that can um, sum it all up. Yeah. Well, my main thing then, so let's say we've gone through this, we've identified potentially some action items that really resonate with us that we'd like to start testing. And then obviously it's a matter of keeping an eye on what ends up getting reflected in the numbers as you start to make some of these changes. What's that sort of process afterwards look like? Is it just a case of, hey, we'll run with this for a 30, 90 day process, four month process, and then relook at the numbers? How does that look? So actually what the next step in this we use a, normally use a template, but I, I could just verbally say what it is, is re-looking at the business model and actually going, all right, who's our ideal client? What's our business are we in? What business are we really in? And then going, yeah, this is the offering and going through, they get this, 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 and this. So this is the, uh, this is what they, if someone's to purchase our product, it's going to get that out and then mapping out the cost of goods sold for those mapping out the time involved in that and then going looking at map like literally mapping out and then going back to the joy builder that roadmap and then going based on this let's let's do it let's let's just rather than talk about this actually once you go through this we then have to reverse engineer it and then go back to this here and go is this product here is that going to give us our revenue we're going to go back and go is it going to hit our profit uh, for our 12 months and is it going to lay the platform going forward and then there's a process we call capacity planning and maps it out per month, which is not really for, for uh, now. The point for now is to then look at the product again and go, does it work? Does it allow you to deliver this outcome? And if it doesn't, we need to change it and keep changing. The only probably other little thing I throw, throw in there is um, I was Jay Abraham, who was the marketing guru. I was his PA when he came to Australia. And he has a great line, and I, I think it's, it's super-duper powerful, and that is any breakthrough in an industry is not going to come from within the industry. Every breakthrough in an industry is going to come from what's working in another industry that is then brought in. So sometimes what happens is we can be myopic in the way we are looking at our business and our offering, and what ends up happening is we just keep on doing the same, same, and there's a shiny glitter on the turd. And it hasn't really changed the underlying principle. So sometimes, like being in a mastermind group with other different industries, uh, obviously, obviously, you know, this is my what I do. So this is obviously some bias there, but and I do believe it. You know, having a coach, having a mentor, having someone to check in from your game outside and go, well, what about this? What about that? Having the external eyes that you can have as a sounding board that's intelligent enough to bounce off where you are. That will help to do the fine tunings of what we've got. But most people should be able to get a pretty good level on what we've already gone through, and they'll get ninety percent or at least eighty percent, which will be enough. Then once they once you do, as long as the numbers work, now we go and implement it, and then tweak it as you're going. Uh, I wouldn't wait for four months and see how it goes. That for me is a little bit long. Uh, I want to make sure it's a lot more innovative in the in the, the repetitions and making sure that it works. Yeah, perfect. I think, I mean, it's a very solid system that just makes sure that you're laser focused and working on the right things. We'll put a link underneath the video to actually grab the playbook. We'll also have a, a lot of links that 
point through to your website, your social, so they can find out more. But just in the tail end, is there anything, yeah, that you might want to point someone to or if they want to keep an eye on what you're up to, Dave, where's the best place for them to go? Uh, sure. There is, uh, if you go to our website called Abundance uh, Global, so abundance, www.abundance.global, uh, go on there and you can check out what we're doing there. Uh, definitely go on to LinkedIn and connect with me on LinkedIn. We do some cool things there. Or I'm happy, you know, particularly if your team, David, and again, please, I'm going to do this, but please don't abuse it, um, is if you want to actually send me a personal email around anything that you need um, some help with, then my email is david, D-A-V-I-D, at abundance. Dot global. Uh, now I'll have my assistant who handles the, handles emails and pass it to me. Passes it to me, but I will look at it uh, and go through. And so that, that they're the things to go to our website, go onto LinkedIn, connect with us there, uh, and that's Dr. Dr. David Dugan, and you can just check in with me there. Apart from that, I probably just want to finish off with maybe just the last little piece here. Yeah, keep this sucker simple. And if you need to re re look at your your business and you need to kind of do go, just know that there's only three things you need to do. That is, go and do some research and find out what they want. You might need to revisit who your ideal client is. Find out what they want. The only reason to be in business is to solve people's problems. So let's go in, and those problems evolve over time. Next thing is, go and get it. In other words, develop your product, put it out there, keep it simple, and then give it to them. They're the three things. Find out what they want, go and get it, and give it to them. Keep this sucker simple. Uh, I know I've given some metrics on this sucker, but uh, that's all you need to really do for now is find out what they want, go and get it, and give it to them. Dave, thank you so much for that session. I think finishing on that note as well, highly recommend you check out Dave's LinkedIn profile. I've been keeping an eye on some of the videos that he's been posting, very high value stuff. You don't even have to opt in. You just follow along and you can learn some great stuff as we did today. But a a big thank you, Dave, for your time. Uh, Very much appreciate having you on the summit. Beautiful. Thanks, David. Great to be here. You've just been listening to the System Hub Podcast. Remember, we've documented this system for you so you can literally swipe and deploy it within your business. Head to www.systemhub.com forward slash podcast to download it now.